This is the Just Live Podcast with Dan and Susie Potter, episode 34. (laughs) What influences your identity? In this episode, we'll explore the 12 areas that make a person unique and different. We begin in 22 seconds. Live life. See the good days in it. Just live. Life is a remarkable story and adventure that only you can create. We exist to motivate and equip you to live fully alive. Welcome to this Just Live podcast. It's episode 34, and we can't wait to talk about our identity and really the influences that we have that have shaped us this far, and even a bit of what we can do if we want to change some of the aspects of our life. This is our continuing theme of momentum. My name is Dan. My name is Susie. Together Together we we are are doozy. doozy. I don't know about you, but there are some times that there is just this search that I go on to say, who am I really? Who is Dan Potter? I know who you are. And, You're and we Dan try the to, man. We try to seek out and find my identity. And I know we live at a time right now in our world that everyone is sort of looking for their identity. And we thought we would just dedicate this and maybe a few more uh, podcasts into the whole idea of what influences your identity and how then do you build upon that? When we're thinking about our identity, this is something that we spend a lot of time journeying with people in their life, helping them know who they are and how they show up and what do they have to offer the world, how they can really be the person God created them to be. So this is really interesting for us in who am I and how do I show up? And when I do show up, what do I look like? This is a really big piece of Finding my identity. I wish I could rewind the clock for about two hours because two hours ago we were online with several of our uh, third culture kids from around the world. We were Every talking Saturday about we do identity. This. We were talking about where they've lived and what they do and and how uh, some wear shoes in a house and some don't and some wear socks. Some don't even own any socks. Where they go, what they do, their beach wear, the food they eat, how they eat it, who they eat it with. It is incredible. And some of them really identify uh, in a different way because of where they live. Right. So one of one of the subjects, interestingly enough, was rice. There was a huge discussion about rice. How do you eat rice? And so this one family who live in the eastern part of the world, they said, you can only eat rice with a spoon and fork. That's that's the only way you can eat rice. And then there was another big discussion. Oh, no, you have to use chopsticks. You can't eat rice without chopsticks. Well, someone, even, one of them had recently gone a, to another country and they saw someone, believe it or not, eating rice with a fork and knife. Can you believe they, it? They were just horrified by that, which I find incredibly fun. And when we went to India, you were only allowed to eat it with your right hand. Of course, not your left hand. You had to eat it with your clean right hand. So our identity and who we are and and how we show up and how we do things is very much affected by a number of things. And if you've never moved very much, you can have a a one-point perspective on your identity for yourself and for many others. For me, I've moved 
46 different times. I've lived in 12 different cities in six different states, three different countries. I lived on a ship for two years with 400 people from 67 different countries. I've visited 78 countries and talk about an identity crisis. (laughs) When you go different places, you don't know if you should stand or sit or take your shoes off or put your shoes on or eat with your hand or whatever. It gets very, very confusing. I think for many people, you have to really be in the space. Identity is confusing. Right. So I've been doing some research on this. And one of the pictures that helps me so much is I want you to imagine three overlapping circles, kind of in the shape of a triangle. And in one of those circles is nature. This is what you have been given. This is probably includes your genes. This is your setup from life, from your parents, your the heredity. DNA. DNA, how your parents um, have passed this on to you. Um, Many people have health issues because of their DNA, because of nature, what they've been given. Another circle, we'll call it nurture. And this is the one we want to talk a bit more about today. Your environment, your community, the people, your worldview, all these countries and spaces that we've been to, our third culture kids that we've been talking about, they've had huge exposure. Most of them have lived for quite a significant period of time in more than four countries and cultures. So it was fascinating today and over the weeks to just continue to engage with them and understand things that have shaped them their nurture, their environment, the people that we choose or don't choose to be around or listen to or be influenced by, that is going to nurture us and we can be changed and make choices according to that. Also, faith, if you've always gone to the same church all your life, you're probably going to have a a single uh, identity within that. Um, for me, I've been to 15 different churches in my life in six different denominations. Yep. And so I begin to see across the aisles, I begin to see things that I wouldn't normally. And I think some of us have a, a, a narrow identity. Some of us have a very wide identity. <clears throat> Some of us have a narrow identity. Some mm-hmm. of us have a very wide identity. But what we're looking at today really is helping us find or what we're doing today is what we're doing is asking the question, what influences our identity? Right. A third area in this circle, if you'll just continue with me in the circle, we have nature, what you've been given, nurture, your environment mostly external, but it can influence the internal bit. And the third circle that overlaps with me in the middle, affected by all of these, is what I think and feel and how I choose. Probably the most significant piece is that. We'll talk more about this in the future, in future episodes. But basically, just think about your neuropathways. So these are pathways in your brain that can be very wide and regularly used. I call them wide highways. When you're not thinking about something, you go into autopilot. This is the inertia of your life. This is how you've been trained. This is your environment. This is how you're regularly doing things. That's what's going to happen. If you turn off and you don't make a decision in the moment, you're going to do that. If you want to make new roads in your brain, new neuropathways, usually they start very, very small, and it's going to take energy to go away from your normal, your normal way of doing things. And 
This will allow you to have new awarenesses, make new choices. This will affect change. This is actually what we're in the midst of right now with this momentum theme, with these three areas that we're focusing on for these 90 days, trying to make new neural pathways, new habits, new ways of thinking, new ways of behaving, new ways of doing things. That takes effort. And that is the think and feel and choose circle that gets overlapped with my nature and my nurture. Now, I just want to say there is no right identity. Yes. Sometimes we get the idea that those people like me are right or those people different than me are right. We believe we have something called a UPC, and that is it is your unique connection point. You UPC. are unique. Your your identity is so unique and so special. Yes, it is. And, and it's with that UPC. CP that we connect with other people. It's those things that are unique about us in our personality, our habits, our hobbies, our passions, something there that allows us to connect. But if we are unaware of those things in us, Mm -hmm. oftentimes we don't connect. Sometimes even we disconnect because we see differences. So we want to encourage you as a result of this podcast to be aware How are you behaving? What are your normal ways of doing things? What are your normal ways of thinking about things? And where did they come from? Did they come from values of your parents? Did they come from values of work, for example, or someone who's mentoring you, a book you read? Um, Maybe you're frequenting somebody on the social medias and you're, you're frequenting them, you're, you're, you're coming into alignment with their ways of thinking because you like it or because you repeatedly are listening to it or watching it or being influenced by it. There are a number of factors that influence the way we are and how we behave. When we think about your unique connection point, we've taken some time to really think this through. For sure. What are some of your unique connection points, your UCP? What are some of your unique connection points, your UCP that you particularly have, Dan? Well, I I reached in a few different directions. So for me, uh, the ability to do magic and study in magic and and want to entertain. Yes. Uh, I think you and I dressing the same. That's a a unique connection point. Cooking. I love to cook. I love to have people over. I call it Dan's Bistro. Delicious. Uh, I'm a very good listener. I love to just sit and and hear people. He sort of needs to have that gift because I am so good at talking. Thank you very much. That's right. I was just listening. Uh, there's the ideas. I love to generate ideas. I love to serve, create art, um, curiosity. I think also I, I have this great fascination with history. And, and as we travel around the world, geography, yeah. uh, I'm a storyteller, a writer. I love music. Everything has a, has a music right. background to it. Uh, I love to score my life with music and <laughs> questions. I, I think these are just a few of the things that make me a little bit unique. They're all part of my identity, and it's it's a way that I then can connect with people. Right. So one of my geniuses is connections. I'm a connections genius. So when I think about my unique connection point, my UCP, I haven't taken as much time as Dan to like list them all out, but mine really have to do with people. So first of all, I love people. That's a unique connection point. Definitely you do. I, I, nobody's a stranger to me. I can talk to everybody 
And that allows me to connect with random strangers, people. And another one that's probably high on the list that's a unique connection point is I'm extremely curious. So I see things, I hear things, and it it sparks a question. And because nobody's a stranger and because I am an extrovert and I'm more free to talk with people, many times I ask them, like, wow, that's so nice, or I'll compliment them on something, something that catches my eye, and I'll begin to have a conversation, something they're wearing, something they might be doing that's unique, something that they're eating, and I love that. That's part of my identity, is having the opportunity to be with people and to reach into their life, and for me to be enriched as a result of their uniqueness. So what we've actually done is we've come up with 12 areas that make a person unique and different. We just want to run through those because this is just sort of a a springboard for you to begin to say, what is your identity and where is it coming from? What What's influencing it? As Dan said, there are 12 areas that make a person unique and different. And it's the emphasis in this particular season of your life that probably is allowing you to be extremely unique in your identity. For example, personality is one that that doesn't change very much, but the more awareness you have of personality and the more awareness you have of healthy habits or unhealthy habits, that's going to make your identity slightly different. Now, I love personality tests, and I like to take them very often, but I find that sometimes when I'm in a really good space... It looks a little different than when I'm in a bad That's space. Right. I love the Enneagram for that particular reason, because the Enneagram helps you know when you're in a healthy place or when you're in a stressful place and what to do. And it helps you bring awareness to that. The Enneagram has really highly influenced us in the last couple of years, and that helps shape our identity, especially the healthy version. So one of the areas to help you really dive into your unique and differentness is your personality. Another area that makes a person unique and different is their attitude. It could be the attitude of life, your attitude on a particular situation, your own life. One of my momentum areas of habit is to have overflowing joy. And this includes having a gratitude mindset and to look on things from a positive point of view. Because I noticed I was in a season of just being really negative and it was influencing everything. It was influencing how how I did or even didn't engage with people. And so now for the past month plus, I have been really focusing on having overflowing joy. And I even get joy points when I laugh out loud. And that is very much influencing my identity, having this high level of awareness. So attitude could be, you know, you're the person that sees the glass half empty, half full. For Susie, it's overflowing most of the time. I'm trying to make it. Your attitude is part of your identity. The next one is your likes and dislikes. All of us have those things. Yes. Some of them, maybe it's a pet peeve. I mean, sometimes when I'm in bed at night, I just just want to make sure my toes (laughs) are just right. So I sort of, I pick at them a little bit. It drives Susie crazy. It's true. I dislike that so much. And I look at like, what's going on? I don't even realize I'm doing it. So this is definitely something that's a like, dislike, uh, that, that you know what really grates you and you know what is like, yes. Yeah. So likes and dislikes bring people together. 
people who really like this particular food or this particular sport, this activity, music. music, it gathers people. And as you are together with people like you or things that you like and you gathered for that reason, it grows that firmness in your identity for having that like or dislike. The next area is goals. I have this friend of mine that he reads a book a week. Now, I don't have that same goal, but... Can you see how his identity is going to be a little different than mine? He's always going to have all this new information. Lots of wisdom. Then I will be. I will be more in the ideas that I had this week. He's going to be, here's what I read this week. Mm -hmm. So our goals also can help influence our identity. One of my momentum goals is to be fit and fabulous. I'm trying to lose weight, eat healthily, exercise. That goal is shaping me and my identity, especially as I'm in process of reaching that goal, as I feel more healthy, as I have more energy, as I'm able to do a little bit more active stuff than I was even six months ago, that shapes my identity, that shapes my view of myself. So the first part we've looked at is personality, attitude, likes and dislikes, goals. The next one is your experiences. Your experiences will shape your identity. Definitely. Now, these could be experiences that were great, wonderful, something that you want to celebrate. You have anniversaries about, like our marriage anniversary. We also are counting the experience of how long we've lived in this home here in the Seattle area. We celebrate those sorts of things. There are also negative situations that have happened, small T and big T traumas. So things that were really huge, that shapes. Those are things I have to overcome. I have an issue in anti-passion with rejection because of some past experiences, the way I was treated and the way I viewed it. In our identity, sometimes we want to judge others or we want to judge ourselves because we're same or different when in fact the experiences make a huge difference of the way we see things. Right. Another area is habits. So these are repeated patterns of behavior. Over 50% of the things that we do are habits. And you do them, you probably don't have to think about them because that becomes a habit. When we're in process of making new habits, which we are now, we're doing things like habit stacking. We are doing things like triggers. We're, we're setting things up so we're reminded to do these new things, make these new choices, make these new neural pathways in our brain that we're trying to alter. So I would say my identity right now is being altered by three main new habits that go with my momentum goals in my three areas. Definitely. And past habits that I've had, repeated behaviors that I have that are now a part of me continue to form my identity. For example, one of those is journaling. I've been journaling every day for more than 30 years. The form of this habit of journaling continues to change, but it is so ingrained in me. I have so many benefits from it that has formed who I am. The next area is hobbies. Now, where I'm sitting right here in my studio, if I reach forward, if I reach to the, the right, if I reach to the left, I'm going to touch different hobbies yes. I have. I have a lot of hobbies. I have magic to my right. I have some art in front of me. I have exercise over here. Your hobbies mm -hmm. are unique to you. Yes. Even though you may have a hobby that 
maybe everyone else does, your hobby and how you perceive yourself doing that hobby and the, the joy you get from creating within that hobby is going to affect your identity. Another area is your passions, the things that you are passionate about. You can form new passions, but also some of the repeating ones come up. I have a passion of culture and people and getting to new new ways of thinking. I also have a passion for watercolor, painting and art and making things with my hands. And it's really amazing how I interact with people, how I show up really is very much influenced by my passions. And if you don't know your passion, we have a whole course that we take people through. We coach them to understand your passion because I think it's one of those things that God's given you to move your identity forward. It's called Passionality Plus. So it's learning a three-word statement and also your anti-passion and ways to put this into action. This is a course that you can have together with coaching by Dan and I. If you're interested in that, please reach out and let us know. Passions are vital for who we are as people. So we've looked at the first eight. Personality, attitude, likes and dislikes, goals, experiences, habits, hobbies, and passions. The next area is creativity. Your creativity will give you life. God's created us in his image. His image is that of a creator. The way you view your creativity. If you speak words about yourself, I am not creative. You're not going to show up into that space. Right. If you say today I am going to create, you will show up into that space. And those things that you create, if you're always outsourcing your creativity, someone else makes my music, someone else designs my house, someone else this, someone else this. If you give that away, it will deflate the identity you could have. So part of identifying the influences is to see where you are with creativity. Another area is perspective. Where do you come from when you see things? So we we read this book, Genius, by Erwin Raphael McManus, and he identified four ways to love people. And this is fascinating to me. This is perspective. You can pity someone. You can look from above and look down on them like I have. You don't. Sorry for you. There can be pity. Another level going deeper would be sympathy. You feel sad for someone. Now, sympathy is very appropriate in a grieving situation or when there's some kind of a loss, but you're in a different perspective related to the other person when you have sympathy for them when you grieve. Another layer deeper is empathy. You try to be in that space. Some of us are better than others at empathy, where you feel what they feel. You get in that space with them and you experience those things together. A deeper uh, level of loving people is called compassion. You get in that space, you try to understand and be with them and feel what they feel, experience what they're experiencing, but you give a hand and you help pull them out. And your perspective of like looking down on somebody or getting in there with them is going to make a difference in who you are and what your identity is. Then there is God connection. The God connection is so important. I I know there's some people that say, I have God first, I have my family second, da-da-da-da-da. I I don't believe that's the biblical truth. I think the, the truth is God is in every area of your life if you allow him there. So he's not like first, he's in second and in third and in fourth and in fifth, whatever your uh, connections are with people. 
And so I think that God peace, uh, we have to identify that for ourselves. Where do we see God in our life? If we see him as the judge with a big stick, that's going to affect your identity. If you see him as a friend, if you see him as a lover, if you see him as a father, as you see him uh, just as as the one to get you out of this world into the next, if you see him as the one that walks with you through the day, that God connection, that belief in who he is will make a huge difference in your identity. And the 12th area, we call it other, because there are so many other things that can influence your identity. Now, what we want to encourage you to do is take a peruse through your life. Maybe journal out, list these 12 areas. I'll repeat them just now for you if you want to write them down. Personality, attitude, likes, dislikes, goals, experiences, habits, hobbies, passions, creativity, perspective, God connection, and other. other. And these 12 areas and where you are in relation to them, which you're allowing to have the most priority in your life, is going to make such a huge difference. I also want to remind you of those three overlapping circles. If you're just trying to get a grip of where your identity is at, what about you that's so prominent came from nature? It's what you've been given. What has come from nurture, your environment or your community? And which has come from what you think and feel and your current choices? So I just want to give you permission to be unique and different. Yes. No one is the same. Not even if you're an identical twin and you're joined at the hip. You're not the same. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for you to, to understand that you are uniquely created. And to take some time to look at what influences that. Our hope for you is that you live fully alive yes. as you love your life, your world, and your God. My name is Dan. My name is Susie. Together, Together we, we are, are doozy. doozy. Live fully. And love fully. Thank you so much for spending this time with us on considering what influences your identity. We'd love to hear from you. 